Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Greetings, astronauts, and welcome back to Astro Candy. Hello, I'm Raven, your host, and this episode, founder of Empowered Achievers and coach for high achievers, Chris Castillo, joins the show to discuss how high achievers can transform their mindset and alleviate their career pressures and burnout. If you're like, what is a high achiever? Well, of course we discuss it, but hi, I'm Raven, and I am a recovering high achiever. If you listen to my Surviving Saturn's Return episodes back in season three, you might remember me talking about how after 10 years of striving, grinding, working so hard in the radio industry, I finally got the coveted morning show. I was hosting a morning show in Philadelphia, top 10 market. I'm talking big city, high rise buildings. That's where the studio was, all glass, windows. Like it was just what I had always dreamed of, the pinnacle, the peak, the the thing I had put on a pedestal. That was what I wanted to achieve ever since starting in radio. And I finally got it. And holy shit, I was so deeply unhappy. And I could not understand why. That is when I found and reached out to Chris Castillo on TikTok. And we ended up working together and figuring out the best path and a more fulfilling path forward. Formerly navigating the world of advertising with clients like Google, YouTube, Chris shifted her focus to talent development after she realized the pressure of pursuing external success had driven her to an unfulfilling career, which is exactly where I was. And that's why I wanted to work with her because she'd been where I was. Since founding Empowered Achievers in 2016, Chris has been recognized as a millennial career expert in publications like Glamour, Thrive Global, Kivo Daily, and she continues to work with clients to change their mindset, align with their values, and find that career fulfillment. So in this episode, Chris describes high achievers and their most common career pressures from professional people-pleasing to overextending and overcommitting themselves at work. We talk about the importance of cultivating a growth versus fixed mindset. And spoiler alert, you might think you have a growth mindset, but it's really fixed. That's what I found out. The benefits of taking a pause in your career and why escapism fantasies like quitting your job and running a farm won't alleviate your career pressure or your career burnout. We also discuss how to identify the head trash that deters your decision making and how to instill new empowering beliefs that inspire aligned action. 
And Chris, of course, shares how Empowered Achievers can offer you the guidance, resources, and community support you need to make those empowering career choices. This is such a great episode, especially if you are in a, what I like to call a career crisis. Uh, So listen in and enjoy. I am very excited to welcome Chris Castillo to the Astro Candy Podcast. Hello, Chris. Hi, Raven. I'm so happy to see you. I'm happy to see you. It's been a minute because we've worked together, which we're going to get into. But I was in a totally different time in my life when I talked to you like a year and a half ago. I know. I'm so curious to hear the latest and greatest. I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. Well, this was part of what we discussed as far as like my options. Remember moving forward in Mm -hmm. career? I was like, Mm -hmm. I love my podcast so much, Chris. And you're like, okay, let's write this down as an option. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Here we are doing it. So I am so excited to catch up with you. How have you been in the last year and a half, just as a person? (laughs) Good. I had a whole baby since the last time we talked. Not I think I did. I I was like, I think, right? Timing wise? Yes, (laughs) yes. She just turned one. So yes, the mom brain. Ugh, I don't, I'm like, when is anything anymore? I don't know. Um, right. Um, but yeah, I had a whole baby since then, but like work has been good, hosting on the ticky tocky, doing all the things. Um, and yeah, just kind of same, same old, same old. What about you? I've been good. I, I feel like my life has been a vortex. It just like, <sighs> since I had your coaching, everything changed. Like I, that really lit a fire under my ass. And that's why I'm just so excited to talk to you about all that stuff. Oh my like, gosh, I've been, I'm so excited. I mean, I know this is so fun. So yeah, let's get into it though. So you are the founder of Empowered Achievers, coach for high achievers. What is a high achiever? It's funny because sometimes people have resistance to the term high achiever, which feels actually very on brand, right? It's like, oh, who am I to call myself this? I'm like, yeah, of course, of course. It's always the people who should have the most confidence who seemingly have the most imposter syndrome. I don't know how that works. But it is typically the people who technically have things together, but potentially at the expense of themselves, right? Sometimes it turns into there are kind of like four main things we typically see, right? Either what I call professional people pleasing, where you make decisions that look really good on the outside, but are not necessarily what you want. Uh, situations where you're overextending, overcommitting, you're really burnt out. Classic thing that kind of falls under this high achiever bucket fear of asking for help, analysis paralysis, fear of making the wrong choice. Like those are some of the staples we see behind these folks and how it's easy to kind of like, yeah, spot them. But it's generally anyone who typically has done well, but yet the pressure that they feel maybe leads to some of those things that I just said. That That's often how I explain it. I feel called out. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think since like my shedding of the identity wrapped up in career, which is probably mm-hmm. what a lot of high achievers mm-hmm. do, that's where I was. After mm-hmm. that and kind of this reevaluating and reassessing, like I am not my career That really changed a lot for me. But some of the things you were talking about, the people pleasing cannot count how many times I did things because I thought I should in my career. Uh, Exactly that. Exactly that. Mm -hmm. So I was a radio personality for 10 years. And I remember when I started doing things because I thought I should versus because I wanted to. It was specifically when I moved from Minneapolis to Dallas for that job because I thought, well, I'm supposed to be growing in my career. So I think I have to like leave this beautiful life I created for myself in Minnesota and go achieve mm-hmm. the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And what does it lead to? Disappointment. 
<laughs> it leads to us working together. No, truly, because that's a thing, right? It's, it's The shoulds have no place in your career. But I think that's, it's unfortunately the classic high achiever thing. And again, whether you call it high achiever, whether you call it type A person, recovering perfectionist, recovering people pleaser, to me, they're all different shades of the same thing. It essentially comes back to exactly what you said, having so much of your identity wrapped up in your career that it feels like there's this really high pedestal you need to uphold, right? I've created this name for myself as the one who makes good decisions. So now I need to make sure I'm maintaining that name. Or I've created this name for myself as someone who always says yes to things and gets stuff done and is really reliable. So now I need to uphold that, right? Like it's different versions of that in all these different areas of your life. Why does this happen? Because (laughs) if I look at it like astrologically, I'm like, oh, well, I have a lot of Capricorn placements, which is like, oh, I'm hard worker. I'm very ambitious and disciplined. Is it like external factors? Maybe how you were raised, your environment? Is it in like, where does this come from? This need to like overachieve? Yeah, I mean, well, (laughs) astrologically, I am a Taurus, (laughs) but I have a lot of we love uh, that. Really a lot of Capricorns in my life, like an extreme amount of them. It's the most overrepresented sign, I would say, in my in my friend group and family. But from a where this comes from perspective, it comes from a lot of places. I think a lot of it tends to be this. I explain it as like it's either explicit or implicit, but this kind of assumption of that pedestal that I talked about, right? So this I have always done things to this standard and now I can't let that drop. And maybe it's because mm-hmm. Let's say growing up externally, you always heard that from your parents and, and or, you know, they celebrated your grades of, oh, my gosh, you did so well. Right. It could it could come from a carrot or a stick. It could come from, oh, yeah, you better not have your grades drop. Or it could come from the alternative, the positive of, oh, my gosh, you're doing so well with your grades. Either way, you're focusing on the outcome. There yeah. is a book by Dr. Carol Dweck. She's a perf- or at least was when she wrote the book, professor of psychology at Stanford. I'm obsessed with her. She has a TED talk too, but she wrote the book on growth versus fixed mindset. And in that book, she talks about the the whole concept of growth mindset is focused on thinking that there is kind of like infinite potential for things. Fixed mindset thinks of things as very measured. So, you know, you're, you're going against the measuring stick and let's say you're You did really well through pre-calc, but all of a sudden you bomb your first calc test. Then in your mind, you think to yourself, okay, well, I guess I'm just, you know, pre-calc and that was my cap. It's very like finite. And I think it's Mm. so much of that ties back to celebrating the outcome versus the process. And I think this all loops together. Yeah. I mean, even as you're saying these things, I feel like it's this whole process is one, the discovery phase of like, okay, this is these are things that I relate to as a high achiever Mm -hmm. and not necessarily like, quote unquote, fixing them, Mm -hmm. but changing your mindset about them and trying Mm -hmm. to come from a new perspective and view. And as you're saying, this fix versus growth mindset, I think and I could be wrong, but you tell me because you work with high achievers that most high achievers think they have a growth mindset when in reality it is fixed because that's how I was. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I have a growth mindset. I just want to keep going, going and growing. But in reality, if I did not hit those markers that I deemed like what was mm-hmm. success, the outcome, oh my mm-hmm. God, my world mm-hmm. over. Exactly that. Well, they want to have grown. They don't want to grow, right? Ooh. Growing. Yeah. The the growing is right. They, they call it growing pains because it's painful. You're in this like uncomfy transitional time. Transformation. 
sucks. I mean, it's great when it's done, but while you're going through it, it feels like, Ooh, I'm, I'm like getting a sweat on. Right. So, and I think that that's the thing people forget. You are totally right. I would say vast majority of the folks I work with, when we talk about this, they go into it thinking like, no, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, you know, open to like open-minded and I, and I know I can always get better, but they mistake constantly pushing themselves to do better for being you know, having a growth mindset. And I don't think that's necessarily the case, right? Just because you're always pushing yourself doesn't mean you have a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. I think I was actually having this conversation in like a collective. It's a community that's with like in some of my programming. And so we've been having these community calls. And in the community call, we were talking about this idea of like shame as a motivator. And I think so many people use that, right? That shame as a motivator of like the push, but not because you want to. Again, as you said before, it's like this because I have to, and it's a totally different energy. It's not positive. Mm-mm. It's not It's not transformational in a good way. It's like heckling yourself into doing the thing you ought to do. And I actually think like, yeah, short-term that might work, but long-term, it's not really great for you, you know? Yeah, Perfectionism, too. I think a lot of people think, oh, perfectionism, I just want to be perfect and everything to be exactly amazing. Mm-hmm. And they think that's a good thing because, mm-hmm. again, I've been there. I've been like, mm-hmm. but I'm just I'm just perfect. I just want to be perfect. I want to present this like perfect image. But there is so much wrong with that because it kind of goes back to the growth mindset that growing is uncomfortable. And also Mm -hmm. when even if you're not like achieving whatever you think is success, you might deem it as a failure and then want to stop or berate yourself. Or that's where that shame also Mm -hmm. can come into play in a different way. Yeah. Um, And then that could be a weird also self-motivator. It's a vicious cycle. Yes, it's it's motivating yourself with a stick, not a carrot. And that's the deal. Right. You're 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 totally right. Uh, You know, people try and guilt themselves into doing things. People try and yeah, use that as their motivator. And I think, I, I mean, you're, you're spot on with everything you said, for sure. When it comes to being a high achiever, what do you think is the difference between their view of success and someone who has a healthier view of success? <laughs> so, I mean, I think the the main distinction that I see the most, and you might recall this exercise from like many moons ago, but going through looking at what is your definition of success based on what you should be doing versus what Mm. actually sounds like success to you, right? If those are two different things, we have an issue. I call it the shoulds gap, but it's this issue of often a lot of high achievers have a very externally focused view of things versus internally. And again, that's it. They're, they're building their career based on someone else's definition of success or based on, again, what they ought to do, whether that be in the context of boundaries or not needing help or da, 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 da. They are constantly martyring themselves. And even coming back to what you said about perfection before, right? Like they're just holding themselves to this really unrealistic place and it's fine for other people to need help, but not them. And it leads to this really toxic environment. And so that's that's the main thing I see is majority, pretty much every client I work with tends to have some sort of something come up in terms of they feel should, they feel pressure, they feel like, you know, sometimes we talk about it as like golden child syndrome. You've done things right and now you can't stop doing that. Mm. And and unfortunately, for most of the folks I work with, they're often like in their, you know, mid 20s to 40s. And so it's it's not the midlife crisis anymore. It's the quarter life crisis. Yeah. But it's happening where you're saying, oh, my God, I have so much time left to work. There's no way that I can continue on at this, you know, cadence. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me. 
like mm-hmm. after 10 years of the grind and mm-hmm. succeeding, achieving, like to whose standard, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My like, I think I picked a lot up from society and culture. And just like, if I look back mm-hmm. at pop culture videos, it was always like the main character, female, who's like the editor in chief of a magazine or yeah. like a lot of that I picked up. The boss girl. It's the boss girl. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. I bossed to the top. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I'm deeply unfulfilled. And like, I cannot do this for the yeah. next however long we're supposed to work, which is also just too long inherently, but oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all capitalism. <laughs> I do think though, too, when we're looking at this as a high achiever, I wish I could like go back and tell myself, no, even if you look at a business or a company, there is just, you cannot have constant growth. Like no. you're going to have plateaus or even periods of time where you might be like, regressing, not in a Mm -hmm. negative way, Mm -hmm. but in a way that's Mm -hmm. like, let's take a few steps back so we can reevaluate. Oh, my God. Yeah. If I would have done that instead of powering through to pause. Yes, Uh it is a trademark. I'm telling you, it's so easy. You know, at this point, like often when I post on on TikTok and stuff, I'll say something like, oh, my God, how did you know about that? Right. I'll talk about like the secret dream to run away and start a farm. And they're like, oh, how did you see me? And it's like, no, it's it's because it's like actually so much more common than you realize, right? It's this feeling like you need to do a constant exponential line up when in reality, growth should look like stairs. It's also that feeling of the unwillingness to pause and check in, right? Because a lot of high achievers pride themselves on their ability to push through. And I've said this before, but I will say this 1 million more times. Like you pushing through is only a good thing if you know when not to push through. Otherwise, it's a very bad thing. And I think that's a thing that people don't realize, right? Because they pride themselves in this mind over matterness and their ability to just like white knuckle and be like, this is fine. Everything's Mm -hmm. fine. But all you're doing is, right, like if you're feeling out of touch with yourself for your situation, because obviously I remember, I think about like, for, for a lot of people, I use this analogy and I think it'll probably land with you of like, there's the coastline, right? And you're sitting on the water on a little float up raft and you're starting to kind of drift away. The coastline is like me feeling good, feeling in alignment, feeling like I'm true to myself and yada, yada. And you kind of start to drift out to sea, but you think to yourself, you're like, no, you know what? I'm sure the wind will turn soon. I'll go back in. It'll be fine. And so then you kind of push down the doubts and then you just float further and further out until all of a sudden one moment you look up and you're like, oh my God, I threw my paddle overboard. And I can't even see the shore anymore. What do I do? And I think that's that experience that a lot of people feel. And and to your point of like pushing through, I feel like it's like that. You know what I mean? Definitely. So for anyone who's listening and they're like, okay, this sounds like me. I've had these thoughts. They're not like completely sure though. Like they're like, maybe this is just, um, maybe this is just a a period of time that I'm going through and things will, you know, like Mm -hmm. they're not totally sold that they need to start trying to figure out a way to get back to the coastline. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the top three? That's like, you've gone too far. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I will answer your question, but I will also give it a kind of like caveat. Because I think in terms of signs you've gone too far, typically if it keeps coming up again, I often explain it as like the emotional roller coaster. That's a thing that I hear a lot from folks when they're like, I keep telling myself it's going to be fine. And then it's just like a roller coaster. One day I'm like, this is great. Everything's fine. And the next day I'm like, fetal position. And then the next day (laughs) it's great again, right? Like that yo-yo, not great. When you're just feeling so burnt to a crisp, And when you're feeling like it's unsustainable, when you're feeling like you're starting to feel away from motivated, Mm. that was maybe kind of more than three, but we'll go with that. When you're feeling really away from motivated. So when you're feeling like you need to run away and start a farm or go start over or start a coffee shop or start a yoga studio, which again, I'm not against any of those things. I'm against escapism decisions where we think that that's going to fix us opposed to willingly pausing and saying, hey, why are we? this way right now, right? If you're trying to escape things instead of look at them, that's normally a pretty good indication that something's going on too. Why not the farm? Because, <laughs> well, I want to talk about it because this is a, a pipe dream that most high achievers I feel like have where it's like, well, if I just like went off the grid and lived mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, why is that not the solution or the coffee shop or the yoga studio? Like, why is it not the solution? So, I have an alum from probably five years ago at this point, and she was an engineer. And I remember her saying to me on our consult, something along the lines of, I kind of just want to move to Vermont and start a duck farm, a duck and goose farm specifically, which I thought was funny because I didn't know that was even a thing uh, prior to her saying that. (laughs) Who knew? But now, like a year and a half ago or a year ago or so, I posted about that on TikTok referencing that. And I remember the caption of the video said something along the lines of, have I finally gone to niche? And that video exploded. Everyone was going crazy. But the funniest part was everyone was tagging this guy, Morgan of Goldshaw Farms in the comments, which apparently I, I was finally introduced to him. He was super famous on like TikTok and he has a YouTube channel and he has millions of followers. And he and I got to talking and he's he's lovely. He actually had me on like a episode that he did for the YouTube a while ago, but we talked about this and it made me feel one, it made me laugh because I was like, maybe she had seen him before or did she just know about duck and goose farms? Because that's what he does. He has a duck and goose farm in Vermont. I was like, Amazing. oh my God, too wild. So oddly specific. Uh, so oddly specific, but apparently not. So one, it introduced me to the fact that that was a real thing. But two, it felt very validating because he very much felt the same way of all these corporate burnouts want to run and start farms. And it's not that it's wrong, Right when we talked about it, he and I spoke about it, you know, neither of us was saying don't start a farm. We were saying don't make decisions out of escapism. Don't think that if you're burnt out and constantly overextended, you're going to be able to just run away to something else. And it's going to make things fall into place without you having to do any internal work. And his whole stance was, he's like, you know, starting a farm is hard. And that's, that's what I always say is I'm like, don't think that you know, you're, you're painting it with a broad brush and romanticizing it. And what we don't want is for you to make a decision on something based on assumptions, based on thinking and not looking at the realities of the situation, right? Because yeah, it sounds fun to cuddle cows and ducks and whatever, <laughs> but like, remember, you need to have a business plan and you also have to wake up at 5 a.m. and pick up poop and da 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 right? Like, so I think that's the thing that he and I discussed and I always think is is relevant is just don't paint with a broad brush and assume that things are going to 
all of a sudden, once I'm there, then I'm going to be good. Because yeah. I think that's the real problem, you know? It's the goalpost. You're still doing mm-hmm. it in that escapism, mm-hmm. like reality, yeah. like, oh, like once I'm there. Yeah. And that is the issue that I had, not relishing in the journey of it all, yep. but romanticizing this mm-hmm. external goal once I'm that was with the morning show for me I was like I mean so early on in my career I said once I'm on a morning show Mm -hmm. I'm gonna kick back and relax and this is gonna be the best this will be it and you know what it feels like when you hit it it feels Mm -hmm. like your life is over Mm -hmm. it feels like I've reached the end of my life Mm -hmm. (laughs) no yeah Yeah. it's scary as fuck yeah Mm -hmm. that's so the two main there's kind of like two main sentiments I hear for people who are doing the kind of dream job approach, as I call it, right? They set that goal and they work diligently towards it. Either, yes, they get there. And then what the hell happens to your motivation? Because you reached the thing you were working for. And so, you know, shrug, now what? Or they realize on the way there, which was my experience, on the way there, they say, oh my God, I don't think I even want this anymore. And then it feels like the whole world is crumbling beneath you. Your whole identity falls apart. You know, I was in advertising. I worked at, I was in media. I worked at the agency of record for Google and I worked on like really cool accounts. Everything was amazing. I thought I was going to be an advertising girly, move into the client side. I had this whole vision, but it was all a vision. And that's exactly what it was. And when I realized, oh my God, I don't think I even care about the actual content of this work at all. Then my whole identity fell apart because who am I if that's not who I am, right? So, so, so those are definitely the kind of two main pieces that I see. I'm really happy you touched on that. That was actually my next question for you <laughs> was like, you've been there before too, because I think that's important. I, so I found you on TikTok in 2022, I think. So long ago. And um, one thing that really resonated with me, besides the fact that every single one of your posts was dead on, like I felt like you were talking to me personally, (laughs) I felt very called out, was that you had been there before. I know you're not technically a career coach anymore, more of a coach for high achievers. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a lot of career coaches sit on this pedestal of, I like you know, we'll help you. I'll tell you what to do, but they've Mm -hmm. never been in your shoes. They don't know what you're feeling. They don't know what it's like. They can't help you sift through kind of the shit Mm -hmm. to get out on the other side. And also I knew that someone else telling me what to do was not going to be the answer. I needed to find that answer for myself Mm -hmm. through with the help of someone yourself who could get me there and had the tools to get me there. So Let's talk about empowered achievers, what it is. I feel like I know why you started it because you're in the same same boat, but, you know, Mm -hmm. just along those lines. Mm -hmm. Briefly, I will say to your point, right, like it is I will always, always, always commit myself. And I was actually having this conversation earlier this week with a couple of clients of I am not better, right? Like I am not here to say I was talking to someone about they're like, how do you know? when you've recovered from people pleasing or recovered from perfection. I'm like, you don't. There is never going to be a day where you or I or any of us arrive and we're like, "Ah, look at me. I never have negative thoughts, right? It's yes. We are focusing on progress. And my goal is to be enough steps ahead of you that I can guide you. But it's not for you to think I'm this like, you know, holier than thou person who's like, look at me. I have it all figured out, right? I, I was talking about, 
being out of office. So like I, I was out of office for two and a half weeks over Christmas uh, or over the holidays. We uh, did a family road trip out to California and we got back this past weekend. And this week I gave myself space to kind of catch up. And I didn't set calls for Monday, Tuesday. And I was just like, those are going to be the days where I'm digging out of the emails and this, that, and the other. And I still heard the narrative pop up in the back of my head saying, Hey, oh my gosh, you got to catch up. You have so much missed time, you know, but I was able to clock it and say, Oh, Hey, head trash. I see you. I see what you're trying to do here. Thanks so much. This is a false alarm. I don't actually need to do this right now. It's going to be okay. If I don't post on TikTok today, the world will not implode. I'm not in that much deep dire need. I'm no one's going to die on the operating table. It's okay. Right. But I think that's the thing is I, I want people to realize, like I was able to finally have a break that I feel like I truly was offline over the holidays, mm. but I've been doing this work for 10 years, right? Like and I will constantly commit to showing people the process and showing people the imperfection. And my goal for you is not to reach a place where you never have a negative thought again. It's for you to get to the spot where, you know, remembering back to what, what we did together, right? We think about the head trash of that little piece of garbage in the back of your head, that little gremlin voice saying like, oh, you should do this or you should never go offline because otherwise people are going to know that you're not that needed or whatever, whatever the head trash is saying. Phase one is just even acknowledging or realizing that that is head trash. Phase two is knowing the head trash and eventually getting to a healthier reframe that you cognitively know, but you're kind of forgetting. And then phase three is just shrinking down that window. So when I had it earlier this week, that little gremlin voice started to say, Miss Ma'am, you've been out of office. You got some catch up to do. I was able to look at it and see it and say, hi, okay, I hear you. Thanks so much for the advice it's going to be fine. You can take a moment and relax, right? But I was able to get through that reframe almost instantaneously versus before. And so I just think that's really important to call out because when you mentioned that, like we can obviously talk about the business and stuff, but I just want people to know that you don't reach a place where you never, ever, ever hear it again. You reach a place where it just becomes kind of so second nature that you're like, okay, you relax. It's fine. What you said stuck out to me. You were like, I get to a place where I just like, okay, clocked it, reframe, moving forward. And it doesn't mm -hmm. set you back in a way that you fall into those old patterns. Yeah. That is the most important because like you said, yeah, it's not like we're never going to have another negative or intrusive thought about like yeah. a nagging feeling of, oh, I need to achieve, do more, whatever it is, be yeah. the best. You're still going to have that. I still yeah. have that, but it's mm -hmm. more about like, yo, calm the fuck down. We got yeah. this. Yeah. And not letting it drive you, rule you, exactly take that. over. Like you, not letting your like old beliefs, head trash, mm -hmm. as you talked about, move you forward anymore and, and coming exactly. from a place of those new beliefs. But exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Don't do the bad behaviors because you've worked on the head trash. I think that's the thing. People don't realize it's easy to point to the behaviors, right? People will come to me and they'll be like, look, I'm overextending or look, I'm people pleasing. And I'm like, yeah, it's about that, but it's not, right? Like I have this image in this workshop I have that's a little iceberg, which I realize this is not a visual medium. So this is probably the least helpful thing I could do, but just visualize with me. Top of the iceberg, right? Above the waterline is the outcome, the symptom, the, the result, the thing we're seeing. Below that is the behavior underwater. And then below that is the belief. So in this situation where maybe the you know result is I'm burnt out, well, what is the behavior beneath that burnout that's driving it? Maybe mm. it's constantly saying yes when I want to say no. But what is the belief beneath that behavior, 
right? What is the head trash that's driving the behavior? Maybe it's thinking that if I don't constantly say yes to everything, people will realize they don't actually need me and I'm not that valuable of an employee. Maybe it's you have to say yes to be a good team player. Maybe it's right, like any of the many, many things that could come in there. I, I have to say yes because I'm the reliable one. All of those little individual beliefs are the support system for the behavior. And that's why we actually have to take those out. And I think that's why most people struggle. They come into it saying, I want to change my behaviors. I'm like, right, but you're actually looking at the wrong spot. You got to change something else. And that's like the foundation of obviously this is astro candy. So I'm going to talk about manifestation. Like it's all mm -hmm. based in your subconscious limiting beliefs. People think mm -hmm. like, why, if I want this thing, like why is my life showing something else? So it's like, well, you have to dig deeper. Like what are your subconscious mm -hmm. beliefs under it all in that the, you mm -hmm. see the tip of the iceberg, yes, what you're doing on the day-to-day, -day, but what's below that. So that's a yeah. really good concept to point out. Empowered Achievers, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So Empowered Achievers is my business, which I started in 2016, which is truly an eternity ago at this point. Coming up in um, 10 years-ish. I know. Well, yeah, kind of. Pretty, pretty close. I just- I always uh, yeah. round up. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I mean, I saw someone- <laughs> left. Uh, someone commented on one of my videos when I said something about like over half a decade and they're like, oh, you, you know, business turned five-year-old and you say, you know, half a decade. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. It's it. That's it. You should be a proud. Congrats. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> it is my coaching business where I work to support high achievers. And there are like a couple different ways that I work with clients. Obviously you and I work together one-to-one, -one, which I now do in a pretty limited capacity um, quarterly, but then we all also have small group coaching programs that we run a couple times a year, as well as, you know, individual like a la carte online courses. But then there's also, you know, what's really cool and what's been my baby the last six months or so was we rolled out something called the Achievers Bundle, which is designed to give you access to all of my self-guided courses now and in the future, as well as access Ooh. to um, that the collective, which is my online community where we have weekly Zoom calls. So it's where people can straight up just like get on Zoom with me. Actually, as an alum, you have access to the collective if you ever want to join. But it's like weekly calls where you can go and connect with other high achievers. And I think the thing that's really cool about that and beautiful about that was, you know, on our on our last collective call, we were talking about this concept of shame and how that's not really a great long-term motivator. And we were discussing it and saying, well, like, what's the opposite? What is the alternative to shame? And someone came up with, and I was like, well, well if that's not poetic. I don't know what is. They said, you know, like community, having other people who are going through it and who are having the same challenges as you, right? To that point you said earlier, it's not a holier than thou thing. It's, oh my gosh, other people get me. I think yeah. to be truly seen, to be truly understood, you know, when I went through my existential crisis in my career, when I realized the things that I was doing, the pressure that I thought was, you know, quote unquote, making me a success was actually slowly destroying my life. It felt very isolating. It felt very confusing. It felt like it goes against, right? I, I think I was actually talking about this analogy yesterday of like, it's like um, the matrix when they're like, take the blue pill or whatever it is. Take the red pill. Okay, red pill, blue pill. Yeah. I'm not sure whatever. which one's which, but. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> right. It's like this, like once you open your eyes to, oh my my gosh, this is not healthy. It feels super eye-opening and transformative. And yet you feel confused because you're like in this world where everyone else is going about being like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. This is fine. Yeah. And you're sitting there with this newfound knowledge being like, what the fuck just happened? Why do I, you know, like, what, who am I? What do I even like? I've never asked this question. Oh my God. You know, existential mm -hmm. crisis moment. And so I think having other people who have gone through that and realizing that 
you're not wrong. You're not broken. You're not the only person who feels this way, I think is the most amazing part. And so to me, that's been like the real joy of leaning into more of that collective community now Mm -hmm. and, and incorporating that within the bundle is having that be a place where people can actually have access to that. Because I think to me, like that is the solution for us all, right? To be able to actually find resources and also just be heard. Community is so important. I felt very, I felt very, like you mentioned, isolated when I was going through it all. And also like it was just me because Mm -hmm. everyone else, our society, it's our culture with social media. It's a highlight reel. Like no one is really talking about it. Maybe a little bit more so post pandemic, right? Because we had that quiet quitting and people are like, oh, like I'm not working for major major corporations anymore. And I'm not going to give my soul to like, that was a whole thing in and of itself. But also there's still that stigma that drive of like okay you need to be succeeding excelling achieving all the time and then you are driven by that subconsciously but my point is a community group where you can discuss this and also have accountability partners and also Mm. have access to someone like you who can Mm. kind of be the mediator and a reflector in terms Mm. of like yeah I've experienced that and here's how you can, you know, work on it, work through it, get mm-hmm. past it is it's kind of invaluable. Honestly, yeah. I, I feel like if we band together, yeah, we could all recover. Yeah. It'd be in recovery. That's be what I said. Recover. Yeah, that's recovered. Right. I'm like, this sounds like I'm talking about like AA or something, but yeah. that's that's what it feels like. Right. This stuff, I'm like, you don't recover from a right. high achievement. You don't recover from being a perfectionist. And by the way, I mean, sometimes I think to myself just from a straight up marketing perspective, perspective. I'm like, should I not say recovering high achiever? Because I think some people are like, but I I like being a high achiever. I'm like, I'm not trying to make you a low achiever. I'm trying to make you not have your career be your identity. I'm trying to make you not live under such overwhelming pressure that you can't function. And I think that's maybe a distinction. Right. I'm like, I'm not trying to to cut, you know, yeah, cut you down. I just clearly, right. There always needs to be that level when we were talking earlier about like, I think we were talking about like what clients look like and da, 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 da. I always say, I'm like, you need to have some level of fed upness to be willing to do this work because pretty much everyone, they've like tried this. They're like, I've tried telling myself it's fine and ignoring my doubts. And they just grow and grow and grow and grow. And so that's the thing, actually, when we were talking before about like, how do you know when you're having that crisis and you've drifted out to shore? One of the things that I always like to say is like, those are the signs that you're going through the crisis that I mentioned before, of like, right, you're, you're having those doubts, you're having that yo-yo feeling day in and day out. But I think the problem is people assume when they feel that way, they have to start over and start from scratch and throw everything in the bin. Yeah. And I don't, and I think even that's not necessarily true. That's based on an incorrect assumption a lot of the time. My stance tends to be, I'm not even saying you necessarily have to change jobs. I'm not saying you have to change anything if you don't want to. I'm not going to make you do anything. You're a grown ass adult. I could (laughs) not force you if I tried. I'm well aware of that. I have a toddler. She's pretty authority resistant. uh, (laughs) But like, I think that assumption of I have to start over is not necessarily correct. Instead, we want to focus on if we are having these feelings where we feel out of touch with ourselves, where we feel like we've gaslit ourselves for a long time, when we feel like we don't know what we necessarily want anymore. We've done things that look good. We feel the pressure. All we need to do is start dealing with that pressure, dealing with that coming back to yourself. Maybe the change, maybe you do change jobs as a result. I don't know. But those are all the like collateral damage almost and not actually the outcome that we're focusing on. The outcome that we're focusing on is helping you to not feel that 
debilitating pressure, helping you to actually feel peace. Does that distinction, you know what I mean there? Yeah. And and it's an important one that you made about like, I'm not telling you not to be a high achiever. Like some people really do enjoy having a career and achieving Mm -hmm. and excelling in that career. But, 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 but I think it becomes a problem when it is your identity, when you've made Mm -hmm. your career and your successes and achievements through that, your identity, your world, that is exactly what I did. I had no life outside of my job. And it was a mass undoing of all that. And and like I said, like, I think now, which I want to really quick also talk about like Purpose Chaser School and what I sort of went through with you as a coach. But I think now I'm able to choose wisely my focus and what I am giving my full attention to and my brain power and then step away and enjoy my life. And that feels so much better than constantly achieving for some like way far out there goal that may or may not happen. And will it fulfill me? I don't know. Like I'm actually just enjoying my day to day and like what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear because (laughs) yeah. Right. Learning to be present is like the deal, right? It is like the challenge. It is the thing that I still to this day work on, right? This ability to not go to my default mode, which is like, and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. And the pause, (laughs) the pause is what we need to learn how to master. And for so many of the people I work with, it is incredibly hard. In broadcasting school, why did I say broadcasting school? I studied journalism, broadcasting in school. So in this one class, we would always talk about the power of the pause in talking on air, on television. Like your pause is very powerful. And so it can be in your career. Like just it will save you so much time, heartache, wallowing in your own self-pity. If you just take a fucking breath and just yes. reevaluate. Yes. And I wish yeah. I would have known that earlier, but you know, I got there. Hey, That's all that matters. At least you know it now. At least you didn't yeah. wait until you were 70. So, True. Yeah, exactly. True. So one of your yeah. offerings, you have many, but one of the ones I signed up for was Purpose Chaser School. Mm-hmm. I feel very lucky to have worked with you one-on-one because I know that you've probably limited that. You've grown like exponentially on TikTok. So I'm just assuming that your business is also growing as well. So I'm just like, yeah. ha ha ha. I get to work with Chris one-on-one. Oh, thanks. You're making my blush. <laughs> but um, a few exercises I found really helpful. And I think we're like vibing on the same frequency because you have touched on the ones that I jotted down. One head trash, the lies we tell ourselves. Very important to get to those subconscious Mm -hmm. limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Next, the new beliefs. That was Mm -hmm. such a great exercise and very empowering to do that mindset shift and reframe. And I, it's evading me some of the ones that I wrote down, like all of them, because there were many. But I think one of the ones I had was like something you mentioned, which was you do not have to start over. You're not starting from the bottom. Like you have so many tools at your disposal, so many skills that you've uh, acquired over your 10-year career. Like you are just taking the next step, the next path. Like you're still moving forward. This isn't like 10 Mm -hmm. steps back. Yeah, yeah. I think probably when we did the routes forward, because I'm assuming what we were referring to. I don't remember. I don't know. There were so many. There were so, like I was (laughs) before this um, interview and last night when I was prepping, I was going through our, 
documents that I had. And thanks yeah, for keeping those live, by the way. Yeah, our drive. Oh, yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I bared my soul to you. So thank you for receiving that. <laughs> and also, Anytime. there was just so much we worked on. But my favorite, my favorite was the purpose statement. Mm-hmm. And I want to read mine. Can I yes. read Yes. I would love that. I'd love to be reminded of yours too. Okay, tell me. I was like, oh my God, yes, I love this. So it is, at my best, I am a mindful decision maker, an ever-evolving big picture thinker, a passionate visionary and storyteller, and a lighthearted informant who empathetically supports, relates to, and connects with others. Do we know her? Do we love her? We love her because she's doing that now. I was going to say, are we being her right now? We have fully embodied <gasps> this human, yes. this powerful I, I am. That. I just actually was, uh, this is not like Wayne Dyer's concept, but he talks mm-hmm. about the power of I am, like mm-hmm. the phrase I am, and how it's like commanding of mm-hmm. what you want in your life. It's like basically you've commanded it, you're you're speaking it into existence. It's done when you say I am. And so I yeah. also think putting at my best, I am. Mm-hmm. Well, that works. yes, yes. And in a lot of the like affirmation space, right? I think a lot of folks lean on like the I am affirmations of I am abundant and I am da-da-da and whatever. And that's fine. But you might, again, this is like two years ago now, but just like time traveling back with me, recall back to when we built our reframes and our purpose statement, when we talk about like I am or any of these statements, we focus on stuff that we conceptually believe. Because I think sometimes those statements can feel like things that you don't believe yeah, right deep in your gut. And so then it just, it doesn't latch you in the same way. You're just like, oh, yeah, okay, I am da-da-da-da-da. But it mm-hmm. doesn't actually make any sort of change. And so I think that's a caveat I always make on like affirmation statements in the traditional sense is I think it's important to have the, you know, soften it enough that it feels like something that you truly conceptually believe that you're like, no, I know this to be true. I've just kind of forgotten it. That's why the statement as we have it is at my best, I am this person. We're not saying I'm this person every day, but at my best, I am her. And that gives us that North star to guide all of our decisions in our career, in our life. And that's how you've used it. Right. But by, by putting at my best, I think that's the important, the other important start of that statement, because it doesn't make it feel like it's this unattainable thing it humanizes it a little bit more if that makes sense totally and after doing all the work too i do think this was like a rediscovering phase for myself and really looking inward because a lot of the work was i remember you talking about it you were like a lot of the heavy lifting is going to be these beliefs right mm-hmm. getting to the center getting like through the muck but also resetting your recentering yourself because i knew like in my intuition deep down behind all the shoulds and the head trash. Like I knew I was at my best, a mindful Mm -hmm. decision maker and ever evolving big picture thinker. But it was just kind of on the back burner from Mm -hmm. these outward, you know, Mm -hmm. objectives and achievements and success. And I just forgot about it. So this was also Mm -hmm. a really great reminder statement too. Yay. Oh, I'm so glad. And you know what? Since we work together, so like logistics note in case anyone looks and is curious about how it works. So like PCS, Purpose Chaser School, as you when you and I originally worked through it, I've since broken it out into two programs. So actually on the back end, 
you'll probably get an email this week about my my team like adding you all to the bundle because the bundle essentially replaced that. So you still have the legacy PCS as it is, but we've now split that out into two different courses. So now there's an entire mindset course, which is Amazing. a lot of modules just on those, what was originally the first three within PCS. And that is like the foundational thing that everyone does. And then PCS to actually build out your purpose statement once you've let go of the shoulds, Mm. that's its own thing. And so we've kind of since split those into two. And I think it's really cool because essentially the reason why I reorganized it last year was to make everything more modular. So like everyone, right? My whole belief is that everyone has to start with the mindset piece of the pressures, because like I said, the pressure is behind pretty much every bad behavior. And then what you need to kind of add on on top of that depends on what you're struggling with. So if you're struggling with the successful but unfulfilling looks good from the outside career, then yeah, you'll want to build your own purpose statement. So you'll want to do PCS. And the intent is for that so that you can kind of like weave things together. And it's really cool because it gives you access to more. So even as an aside, you will have that because then you can always even go back to it and find maybe new stuff that, you know, we hadn't touched on together yet, which I think is a really cool thing. So yeah, just FYI, it is now built out into its own whole ass thing. And it should be. Too, because it well, it just speaks to the weight of it and how important it is. Mm-hmm. Like setting it aside and being like, okay, start here. This is the foundation. This is like what you need to build yeah. moving forward. Yeah. So we're coming up on time here, and yeah. I want to leave with one last question. Okay. okay. Given everything that we talked about in high achievers and what they think success is and why they really feel unfulfilled because they think that thing is success, but it's not. And all this mindset and beliefs and like your career is not your identity. Given all that, what do you think is the staple of a fulfilling career? What is the staple of a fulfilling career? Good question. And I think you will be not surprised maybe annoyed. I don't know with my answer, but it's, it depends, <laughs> right? Because that's the thing is it's different for every person. It, I think the staple, if we were to sum it up, is building a life that is based on what actually feels good to you. Mm. The question is just what feels good to you. And so yeah. I actually think, you know, one of the things you m- may recall from PC, uh, Purpose Chaser School is this whole idea that like, I think everyone has the same purpose, right? Your purpose is not to do X thing. It is to be you at your best. And I think that simplifies it. And I think fulfillment is based on being you at your best, right? And so the good news is then all we have to do is figure out who the hell me at my best is. Who? What are the things that I'm doing when I'm engaged? And I think to me, that approach gives us that simplicity of giving us direction without that specificity of like, my purpose is to be, you know, this math teacher or whatever. It's not, your 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 purpose is not a vocation. It is to yeah. be you at your best, which means that you can constantly grow and evolve. And like, I think so much of this work for a lot of high achievers starts with the fundamental having to learn that like who we are is constantly changing. And that's a pretty uncomfy mm-hmm. thing for a lot of people, right? We want certainty in ourselves. That's why we love that fixed mindset we talked about before. But that to me is the answer of like, what is fulfillment? It is being you at your best as much as possible every day. And now we just have to figure out who the hell that is. I love what you said. You're changing, which means like the things that you love and light you up are probably going to change too. Like there was a Mm -hmm. time where I really loved being on the radio and doing what I was doing, but Mm -hmm. I grew, I evolved. Mm -hmm. And while there is a grief process, I think with... Mm -hmm dreams that once were that are no longer you kind of have to mourn those mm-hmm. it's so exciting to yeah. try to figure out like okay what do i love what really does light me up and that is the point of this 
whole conversation, Mm -hmm. my entire podcast, I always say, if you're looking for answers outside of yourself, you need to look within. And this episode, Mm -hmm. I think, I think is a good indicator of, all right, it's going to start with you first. And while you, Chris, are an excellent resource, and so is Purpose Chaser School and Empowered Achievers, and we're going to talk about working with you next, the first step is, okay, I need to see what is inside right now. Like, Mm -hmm. what is off a little bit? Okay, and then getting those resources to help you get there. Yeah. Instead of, like, going after all the resources, and maybe this will help, and should I do this tarot reading? And, like, (laughs) what I'm saying, like, just pause. Pause. The power of the pause. Again, the freaking pause. (laughs) Yeah. So how can anyone listening connect with you on your socials and also work with you? Um, so I'm at Empowered Achievers on all the socials. I spend the most time on TikTok, so probably best to go there if you are on the TikToky. Post an exceptional amount of content there and try and go live like relatively often. And then my website is Be Empowered Achievers, but you can just, you know, reach out on the website, email me, schedule a consult. There's a zillion ways. But if you need help being pointed in the right direction, I have a free workshop on my website that actually walks through the three steps of actually changing your mindset so that you can find that piece and alleviate the pressure. So for anyone who was like nodding their head, that would probably be where I start. But yeah, you can always email me if you need help being pointed in the right direction. Amazing. It has been so awesome catching up with you. Like I said, you too. I'm so glad. Yeah. Like I said, uh, my life has changed significantly since I work with you. You are really a catalyst. This work was a catalyst for me changing my, I left my career. I moved to Los Angeles. I started VO, which is something that we kind of figured out was an outlet for me to do while working on this podcast. Mm -hmm. It was like a bridge to the podcast. Like I feel like I'm living it. And that is something that, you know, Purpose Chaser School helped me help me with, you helped me with. And I just really appreciate your guidance, you being there, being someone to lean on and to just help through the process. It, this creation and your background and just like knowing you've been there is it's invaluable, truly. So thank you. Thanks, Rave. And that makes my day. And and you know what? Can I tell you something that's just going to make you maybe mildly chuckle is being a catalyst. Catalyst is part of my purpose statement. So no way. It was very, when you said that, I was like, <laughs> love yeah. it. Look at Thanks, us just yeah. living our purpose. Like, look we at that. Are amazing. Bye. Bye, ben. Bye, ben. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks, Raven. Thank you so much again to Chris for being on the Astro Candy podcast. It was an absolute delight to not just catch up with her, but also to talk about a lot of what we discussed during my one-on-one coaching sessions. I thought they were incredibly helpful, and I wasn't kidding. It, it set me up on the path, the track that I'm on today, and I honestly could not be happier. Truly, I feel much more aligned and fulfilled in what I'm doing and more so relishing in the journey than those far off outcome. So thank you again to Chris. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would rate five stars or tell a friend. All right. I will see you next week, astronauts. Bye.